All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and we are here weekends with Swipe Edition. Yeah, it might be a Monday. It might be a little off on, a, on our general schedule. We had some things come up, but that's okay. Uh, Swipa is here. He is dancing in the back. Swipa, how you doing, my guy? I'm right, man. It's great. Great start to the week. Denver Nuggets got another home game tonight. Uh, they're coming off a four-game winning streak. Psych, almost. Almost a four-game winning streak. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be a great week. We got a lot of great basketball, a lot of great games coming up. And, uh, yeah, you know, I think this is going to be, as I predicted, once the Nuggets went 14-9, to they were going to start streaking and going on the run. And here they are. They're already 3-1. and one. We will see what happens. I, I think that this last loss kind of took a, a little bit out of the sails there where they're like, okay, you know what? We were, we were close, but there are still some things that we have to work on. There are still some things that we have to accomplish and make sure that the details are in order. And I think that we both kind of got that sense being at the game on Saturday. So if you're in the chat, uh, make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button to the show would really appreciate all the love and support obviously on the podcast obviously i know this is an abnormal recording time so we will we will do our best in the future just both had some things that are popping up uh that that did pop up this weekend so no worries on that one swipe but let's let's chat about the game on saturday though let's chat about this one we'll spend that time in the first segment i've got a, a nice game that we're gonna play in segment two called real or not real and then in the third segment, we will go over the future and then look into, all right, when, when is Denver going to kind of lock into this higher gear that, that I think you're referencing here? Uh, because I do have some questions about that. But first, uh, give, me your, give me your first initial thoughts from the game on Saturday night against mm. the OKC Thunder where Denver loses by one. Uh, Shade Gildas Alexander is the man, and he's going to be first team all NBA again. In respect to him, I used to trade for Shea on uh, 2K when you were still able to. This is when Shea was about like an 87 overall rating, and you could get him for a fairly low price on NBA 2K because they didn't value his skill set like I did. And I would pair him next to Jamal Murray to give us the all-Canada background. Oh, Canada. I wanted it all. (laughs) And then, obviously, he turns into what he is now, which is a burgeoning MVP. I mean, he's an MVP caliber player, but like I think MVP caliber player as in like, one of the ones you can depend off no matter what, any playoff setting, any team. You basically feel good with him going into a series versus anybody other than maybe Joker, Giannis, and we'll see if Steph has a resurgence, and maybe like LeBron or something like that. I think he's, you know, slowly moving into that Tatum tier, but, you know, I think he obviously needs to prove himself a little bit more. I think he's peaked higher than Tatum in a regular season so far, but I think obviously Tatum had a or just a whole everything in his career he's done. Um, but Chet was incredible. Nine blocks. Um, you know, Jay will the, 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 the wing Jay will, he was incredible. 24 points, really efficient. Uh, and then Jay will off the bench, uh, had three threes in the first half that really kept him in the game. So there's just yeah. a lot of things, man. It's just shout out to OKC. Uh, Mark is an extremely good coach. Uh, they played their butts off and the nuggets for again, they were up eight with three minutes left basically. And they went on a seven zero run. Uh, and then the Nuggets, you know, as everybody knows, when they when they get up a lot of points, they start trolling a little bit. They'll just not like play as sharp. And they did that 
to the wrong team and they snuck up on them. And then that last set that y'all, um, you know, I'm just now, I'm just now getting used to having press uh, credentials, you know, because Ryan, you know, Mr. Mr. Ryan Chartford, you know, <laughs> called out personally by Michael Malone and Jamal Murray, like Ryan, what does the minister distribution say? You know, they they look they look for Ryan and his guidance and some of that stuff. And uh, we were having a conversation with one of our esteemed colleagues uh, in the back, and it was just really a shouting match between. <laughs> yes, it was <laughs> between Ryan and somebody else about why the last, the second to last position for the Nuggets didn't work. And again, man, you know, they had Peyton Watson and Christian Brown and AG out there. Now the spacing was all over the place, but you know, two, I think that the Nuggets are still on their own in, in working out some, some kinks in their armor. And, uh, but again, I think that's just all just preparing them for what they're doing the rest of the year. And like I said, OKC earned that. They didn't, the Nuggets didn't give it away. OKC earned that victory. And that's honestly uh, the first time in a home loss that I can say that they did that maybe since, I mean, I don't even know, bro, because uh, even in the playoffs, that heat game uh, in the finals when they won, they shot 49% from three. And the Nuggets, remember that fourth quarter to start at the top of the fourth quarter, they couldn't get any of those little screens, those curl screens they were doing on the side, right? And then they were just kind of giving up layup after layup or wide open three-pointer. Um, but I think this is the last time I can say, like, the Nuggets at home just legitimately just got beat. Yes, this is – it's important to make that distinction, right? Like I think against Houston, Jokic obviously in a funk in that first half and then Denver playing in a funk in that first half. And then they figured some things out and went on a big run at the end of that Houston game, but ultimately it didn't work out. Um, this one, the Thunder were competing with Denver throughout this one. And they they never let Denver kind of off the leash, if you will, where Denver, like sometimes, especially when they're at home, other teams will make mistakes other teams will be a little bit lax. They'll they'll make they'll make odd plays, and Denver will capitalize on that, especially in transition. I thought that the Thunder, extremely well coached team, like you said, Mark Dagnall, he deserves a ton of credit. He's probably the coach of the year right now. Um, and that there are a lot yeah. of, there. I mean, there's a lot of credit that they deserve for continuing to improve their team and as a young team stepping up to the giants and being like hey we are here too we are ready we are good and and that was mostly my takeaway was that this was more about the thunder than it was about the nuggets like if if you ask me is is denver going to have this happen to them again probably not like kcp will be back in those future situations denver will manage their timeouts better and they'll make sure to get michael porter and kcp back on the floor at the end of a close game. So you don't get the spacing issues like you had on the final. Right. Uh, and uh, Jamal Murray will hit his threes. <laughs> he, he went 0 of 6 and that was important. That was a. Was He's a, been better from three really on, on an efficiency standpoint than he has been from two to start this year so far. Yeah, it's been odd. Like I, I actually have a, a question about that in the second segment that we'll talk about, but um Chet bothered Denver. I, I see in the box score they actually took away one of his blocks. Yeah, they so did. Just, what are they doing with with eight blocks? Uh, I'm not surprised. Like it, generally, scorekeepers will go back and look through the tape and they'll see, hey, this actually wasn't one, and we credited one because of the angle. But like you actually look at it and it wasn't bothering. Well, they didn't get Peyton Watson his SGA block either. Yeah, like I mean, there's there's a lot that uh, they kind of go through and and people. They'll, they'll just they'll just do anything now. They'll say anything. They'll do anything. But uh, uh, look, I I think that OKC is an elite team. 
I just think that they are. I think that just through talking with folks uh, via the alley-oop, with talking through uh, a bunch of these different aspects of, of this early season, like I think OKC has proven themselves to be here. Like they're they're ready. This is not necessarily something that we foresaw at the beginning of the year, but I think that they're just better than people expected. And I'm not surprised that they that they beat Denver when Denver wasn't at full strength. Do you think um, OKC? Do you think that they're maybe top four team, like maybe semifinals like overall in the West? Yeah, like oh, in the West, yeah. in the West should be about. I they were, yeah, they should be comfortable with. I think that everybody can comfortably cross off Golden State from all those conversations. And I think Golden State was one of those teams that people would have had in the top four uh, be prior to the season. Um, I think you've got the Thunder beat the Clippers right now with how well the Clippers are playing. Oh, it's a great question because Thunder are figuring some stuff out, but OKC actually would bother them with some of the drives that they have where I mean, they would have nobody to guard the Clippers' best assets, which is their wings and even their guard. I mean, Shea's obviously like a good defender, but I mean... I'm, you you I'm don't think that person. Dort could do anything to Harden? Harden? Sure, but then you're still leaving a Paul George and uh, the Kawhi Leonard effect out of there because Dort's too small for... for Definitely think, for Kawhi. Yeah, I think that Shea... Well, not, in respect, I stood next door yeah. to, to Lou and we went on the court and I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's probably like two and a half inches taller than me. I see Kawhi. Kawhi's a logistics yeah. eight. You know, so it's a big deal. No, it's it's fair. It's it's fair, and there there's questions there. I think Jalen Williams, uh, wing J Dub would would be the guy that they'd probably throw on him. Uh, but you need another body, and that would be a tough matchup for them for that reason. Um, but I mean, do they have anybody that can slow down Shea? Like, yeah, not really. They do. Did you see Ooh. Kawhi Leonard uh, guarding Steph Curry? If let's, oh, let, I'm saying we're. we're we're presuming, we're presuming yeah. obviously health and all that yeah. stuff. But here, here's sure. here's the thing. I don't, I don't, I think that I, I would give I'll give Kawhi a little bit of a boost here. He's actually been really freaking good defensively this year. And I think so is Paul George for the most part. And I think if you say like in a series, who can guard the other's best skill set better? Clippers can guard the OKC skill set better than I think they can do other. But again, I'm I'm not picking the series. I just think that would be like a really fun matchup to watch. Yeah, and then you've got the Lakers' size would present some issues for them as well, despite yeah, the fact that, I mean, Shea would flambe their perimeter defense. Like, he would absolutely de- eviscerate wouldn't quite that. do what Jamal Murray did, but yeah, he would. No, I mean, well, there's levels to this, obviously. But so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think I think that's, it's a fair question. And Minnesota's in there somewhere, obviously. Imagine Austin Reeves um, on isolation in the fourth quarter with Shea Gilgis on Oh, my God. Shea is just licking his lips at that, just just trying to figure out how am I going to score. And then Chet's facing two if he's able to hit a couple threes here and there, like he did in the fourth quarter. Chet was really impressive. Like, he is – I think the best thing I could say about Chet is that he's fearless. There was a poster that Jamal Murray had on him in the yeah. first quarter lefty going down the going down the lane when they're playing zone and he was late rotating over and Jamal got him and it was great mm-hmm. it was one of the actually Jamal had a better finishing game inside the arc for for once this season um but Chet came back and he blocked eight shots like even with that even with that even with the fear of mm-hmm. like hey maybe I'm getting dunked on maybe this is a problem maybe this this could happen but it just doesn't matter to him and I don't I don't think it computed that like hey 
I've still got to jump. I've still got to be the rim protector. And I think that's going to really help them both in the regular season and in a playoff context where he's not going to back down from somebody like an Anthony Davis or a Nikola Jokic, I don't think. Now, he may not succeed, but he's not going to back down. And I think mm-hmm. that so much of what AD does specifically is cause people fear with with his it's, rim protection and his, his style. It's so funny to see Mark Dagnall um, de- deploy the uh, two-big lineup. Uh, he didn't even come out. Remember, Giddy started the first half, didn't even play with it. Like, all right, you know, they put both Jay Wills on the court and then they put Chet. And then they had, like, they're both four spacers too, but obviously none of them, you know, Chet's a very good defender, not necessarily a body defender, you know, for Joker, obviously. But it was just funny watching them deploy, like, a playoff kind of variation of what they would do uh, in this game. And I wouldn't say it worked. Um, I think it oh, wasn't did. working until it worked, right? It just, like, it didn't work defensively. But I think offensively, they started hitting some of their shots. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm really excited to see what OKC does. That's why I say I wouldn't even, like – I mean, I'm literally at the game. You know, the Nuggets missed that shot on a bad possession. SGA gets the ball, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what's coming. He's going to get to the free throw line. It's going to be a little turnover to shoulder. He's probably going to hit it. And wasn't upset at all when he made that shot. I'm not concerned. Like, great players make great plays, like you said. And he made a great play. And Denver didn't make their great plays. And I think that that's probably, I think, emblematic of where Denver's at. They're not at peak form right now. And they don't have to be at peak form right now. But there are, I think, questions as to when they get there. Not if they can. I think we all know that they can. But there's questions on on when and how soon and what it's going to look like when they get there. And if that peak level is going to be at NBA championship caliber level again. We'll just have to wait and see. We're going to have to figure and, it out. And, you know, Grace, always a fan, uh, obviously a big, big fan of the show, um, worried about the Nuggets not getting the number one seed and all that stuff because of the bench, which I think is very true. Like, I think that's very true. I would also say, Grace, I would go back and look at some of those LeBron years. Like, they didn't always get the first seed. But a lot of that was just because – and they always honestly didn't look good in the regular season. They were going to be a four seed sometime. And then they would end up playing the Raptors in the first round who won, you know, basically 60 games. Or second round, it'll obliterate them. But I think that's just what it is. It's like even LeBron at his apex, like there are just levels to how well they'll function in a regular season setting, given the team and all that. I think the Nuggets, they're going to get there. I still think the Nuggets are arguably going to finish with the first or second seed. Now they're going to have to pick that up with the first seed, but the second seed for sure. I think a lot of this is is that the Nuggets, because of injuries, they've had Jamal for twelve games. KTP wasn't there. Ag has missed a couple here and there. And then they're just, like, getting people used to the rotation. They're just not as sharp as they were last year. But, again, I think some of this, even the the numbers with the starters on the court, they still were being supplemented with, like, Jeff Green and Bruce Brown. So I, I do think that's a part of why the starters haven't been as dominant so far. It's just because I think things are so new and they're still getting used to playing with each other. And then when they have played with each other, right, they've been kind of spotty. I mean, again, the first nine games of the year, they were blowing people out. Yeah. but then. I think as the year went on, uh, things just got a little bit more difficult. And so that's kind of changed how they played. But so, you know, I still think they're going to turn out, obviously, to be the best starting five in basketball. But, I mean, look at Boston. Boston's their numbers are great, but they also have some really kind of bonehead performances this year, even in games they've won, where they've just kind of cratered offensively, just shooting way too many three-pointers, too many guys that are jacking up their own shot, not enough ball movement. So that's what I'm saying. If compared to the Nuggets to everybody else, I mean, the Nuggets are in a really good place. Yeah, they're they're still they're still okay. And I'm just looking at different numbers here. Um, Denver through the first however many games that they've played, twenty seven, 
uh, has played 14 teams in the top 10 defensively so far this year. Like their schedule has been tough and it's not just like they're, they're like, they, I think Denver's offense are like their defense is a little bit propped up by the schedule as well, just based off of what we've seen, but like they're still in a good place. I do not want to dispel that in any way, shape or form. I don't want to cause controversy or anything like that because, Oh man, I'm going to, going to sit here and say, oh my gosh, they're, they're not good enough. I think they're good enough. I think that, I think that Denver, they've, they've still got some kinks to figure out. That's, that's, that's probably where it's best to describe it. Um, all right. Uh, Peyton Watson, by the way, really good in that game. It's unfortunate that he got scored on, on that last bucket because he was really good in the first half. He got kind of fouled out. Uh, but that's the one final note that I really wanted to make here. No, Peyton was incredible. Uh, is finishing. He was carrying the bench start second quarter. Uh, I think five straight points for him. Um, when he attacks the rim, like, I think that's going to be a skill set: getting to the basket and getting to the free throw line, and then making spot up jumpers. If he's able to do that, then Peyton he he becomes like a, a very valuable player in the league. I've got another question for you about him in the second segment when we come back. Uh, we will be back. It's we've got some good stuff here, but first. Everybody, did you know that this podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports? You can win a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook. They will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game, and they will give you a two tickets and a three-night hotel stay. All you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th, and you'll be automatically entered to win. So wager and win a super trip, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem called 1 800 Gambler. We'll be right back on weekends with Swipe Up. Jackson Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, if you can, leave a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're continuing to see a lot of growth on the on the YouTube channel. It's been a lot of fun working with Swipe on this channel and, and having a good time with the MHS crew. Really appreciate everybody who's involved. All right, Swipe, I floated a game to you and wanted to describe that to the audience here real quick. This is the title of the thumbnail on this on this particular video. Real or not real? Uh, this is a so I, I was previously watching uh, the prequel to Hunger Games uh, called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And for those that it? are, uh, I saw it uh, not this weekend but last weekend with my brother. Yeah, I need to go see that. Uh, it was pretty good. It's it's long though. It's it's a it's a long movie. I love long. Let's, I'm a long movie guy. Any movie just. Two and a half, three hours that I know is gonna pop. I'm in there with a bag of candy, I'm locked in. Oh man, I had a I had Reese's all ready to go. It was great. Uh, it was very, very fun. Um, but we had we had a good time. And if you recall, in the Hunger Games series, uh, in the third movie, uh, Katniss and and Peta they they play this game called Real or Not Real to try to get Peta to try to remember his life and, and figure out what's going on. So we're going to play real or not real here with the nuggets. We are going to do, I'm going to share some things. I'm going to share these, these stats or these statements. And you are going to tell me 
is this going to continue? Are these Nuggets related stats? These are these are Nuggets related stats. You're ready for a hundred percent grade? Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, or are these going to continue? Or are they going to change at some point? Um, okay, the first one. Joel Embiid is leading the NBA in several advanced metrics right now. Is this real or not real? As in true, or will it continue? No, will it continue? Yeah. Uh, he will. It's gonna. He's gonna come down, obviously, because it's juiced up by his schedule. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think he'll he'll be leading a few at the end of the year for sure. He has a two point advantage right now over Jokic and EPM, which I was shocked by when I saw it. I, because that's one that Jokic has always led. It's one that he's always been at the top of the levels in, and it's just it's very different. It's very odd. Um, we have obviously gone back and forth about this offline and swipe was pretty mad at me for saying that Embiid has had a better season so far than Jokic. Not mad, you're just wrong. <laughs> Embiid has had a better statistical That's... season than Nikola Jokic so far. Based, so um, Ryan, Ryan's looking at a couple of advanced stats, which our good friend, Andy Bailey compiles all of them. Not, and then not we, just we see where it couple, is. Like, we, we yeah. see where it is. We see where it is. But... I think I think it's net important. Rating, by the way, like, on coordinate rating. <laughs> I think that uh, through 25, 27 games, however many of these guys have played, which also is another thing that Embiid has missed a few games and he sat out intentionally in, t- in a couple of them just to make sure. Sh- and they're they're tough games. Like they are the games that technically you are supposed to sit if you are trying to maximize the schedule and the record for uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers, but. Look, I I don't think he's the MVP. I think you can make an argument for Shea, if we're being honest. I think that between those three guys, um, it is going to come down to an interesting MVP race. And I guess you could throw Giannis in there for a top four if you're if you're privy to that. But no, I think Embiid, like his numbers are going to be pretty high. And Nuggets fans, I think, are going to have to accept that. Like, I think he's in a great place for with Tyrese Maxey setting him up versus Harden. Yeah. I mean, again, I think we all will live in a world. We would love to see Embiid be a back-to-back MVP. So he's playing really well this year. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we've talked about this. I would love to see it for obvious reasons because you just know it's going to come crashing down at some point. Like it will, it will. It's going to, it's going to be funny. Um, Okay. Real or not real. Peyton Watson has become the seventh man for the Nuggets in the last eight games by minutes per game. Uh, he's It's like 20 minutes per game. He is ranked seventh in the Nuggets rotation in terms of minutes. Is this real or not real? So this doesn't include Jamal Murray because of the injuries? It does include Jamal. So over Christian? Yes. He has, he has played more minutes than Christian Brown. He's more dynamic defender than Christian Brown is, and Mike Malone loves defense. So <clears throat> I think it's real. I think Christian ends up playing more as the, maybe as the season goes on, but I don't. I think that I think Peyton Watson has just shown to to some chagrin of certain people that he is just a legitimately terrific defender. And he, if he Ryan, as soon as he figures out like just offensively what he's supposed to be doing consistently, it's going to be an absolute nightmare. And it's not that his defense is overrated. Like, he legitimately is a really, really, really good defender. And 
uh, even when he's out of position, he still can get in position uh, because of his physicality and all that stuff. So I think it's real, but I also don't think he's going to finish with more minutes than Christian Brown on the year. Yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked if he did personally. Um, but if we just go through some of the numbers here, uh, I'm going to cycle through EPM, and we are going to see where he is at. Um, I, you may have this off the top of your head. Oh, no, I, I found him. Like a plus 3.4 or something? Oh no, it's 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 plus one point three, but I think he is the highest of any nugget right now. And he is smack dab between Mikhail Bridges and Kelly Oubre. And the next one below that is Brooke Lopez. So that should show people like he has been a dynamic defender. He has been a really, really good defender. Uh, ranked currently 51st in defensive EPM, which Part of that is just like he's only 21 years old. It's very rare mm-hmm. for somebody that young to actually be that good defensively, um, especially on the wings where it's it's just not something that you see. So as he continues to grow, I really do believe you that he is going to become Denver's best defender and Denver's going to have to find more opportunities to play him. Like they just are. And it's it's probably not as a starter until like, maybe a couple of years down the road, but I do think that he's going to be one of those guys that you might see some rapid development here. Well, I said on draft night when he got to Denver that there is a route uh, for him to become the best Denver Nuggets defender since Marcus Camby 06-07. Just because he mm-hmm. has all the physical capabilities. So, you know, I've, I really feel like I've been on this train since uh, last, you know, what was that, June? Uh, two Junes ago when he first joined the team and everything. So everything is there for him. Like, I'm just incredibly high on this game. So we'll we'll definitely see how he continues to ascend. We will see whether uh, – yeah, we, w- we will see whether they can actually make that happen. I I do think that the positionality actually does matter. Like, he's six foot eight. He has the versatility to play the three and the four a little bit more than Christian Brown does. Christian Brown's been playing the three mostly for Denver, but he'll slide up to the two sometimes. Peyton Watson being able to play the four and allowing Denver some flexibility with Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon and sliding Aaron mm-hmm. Gordon to the five, that's that's an important thing. So I'm curious to see how it goes now. It's going to be going to be fascinating. All right, real or not real, Aaron Gordon is shooting 80% from the free throw line in his Love last it. four games. Is that real? Yeah, it's real because he's gonna. You're gonna. Again, I said this multiple times that he was. If he starts off that bad, he's gonna have a run where he's gonna go over eighty percent, and it's gonna balance out his shots over the next you know month or so. He's twelve of fifteen in this last four games. I've been tracking this very intently because I've been waiting for it to turn around. And again, a lot of Aaron Gordon stuff is it's the hitch when he's not shooting confident. It's a huh. He gets the ball up and then over. But when he's shooting confident, it's, it's all in one motion. And everything has kind of changed over the last week or so. And he just feels like more himself. So he's shooting better from the field. He's shooting better from the free throw line. Who'd On be? the season, he's still only 55.7%. But right. it is trending up. And that is good to see. Denver needs that as they continue to um, get deeper and deeper into the regular season here. They just need Aaron Gordon. like. I remember at the beginning of the playoffs last year, he was shooting like 90% from the free throw line. It was very impressive, like through the first 
two and a half series, basically. He was making all his shots. He was very focused. He was very locked in. Slowed down after that, to be clear. But it was very important for him to get off to a great start and be confident and willing to get to the line because, mm-hmm. like, like what we've talked about, he's at his best when he's downhill. He's at his best when he's really crashing the glass and being physical and getting involved and being unafraid to go to the free throw right. line. So that would be super helpful. Um, real or not real? Jamal Murray's stats are basically the same. They are they're basically the same. If you look through the first 13 games that he's played so far, they are basically identical to last year. Is that real or not real? Mm, like they're basically the same as last year? Yeah. So if I if I go through them. I mean, his efficiency is worse and his points are down, his rebounds are down. Uh yeah. If okay, let's uh let me go per 36. Per 36, last year points 21.9, this year 22.3. Last year's assists 6.8, this year 7.4. Last year's rebounds 4.3, this year 3.9. Field goal percentage 45.4 versus 45.5. Three-point percentage 39.8 versus 41.4. That's a tangible difference, but the two-point percentage 49.4 versus 47.9. It's a little bit down you said there. 39? Uh 49.4 in 2023 versus 47.9 in 2024. Yeah. Um, so it's actually 91.7 right now. Yeah. He has been great from the free throw line. He's 33 of 36 overall. Gosh, bro. Such a relief. Like him and Casey, people like the only ones. I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay. Denver, Denver's going to like by hook or by crook. They are going to, get their free throw percentage up because right. uh, it is currently at 30% or it's, it's 30th in the NBA, uh, but it is actually trending higher than where it was. And th- this mm. last game I think was a big deal there. Uh, so real or not real, are numbers going to stay the same? Yeah. No, they're going to go up. I remember last year, again, I, I always just, just last year, Jamal Murray last 40 games of the year, I believe it was like 23, four and a half and six. 41% from three. I want to say like 88% from the line. I want to say dang near 50% from two, if not a little bit higher. So he was, he just does that. Like he just, as the season goes on, he just goes like this, like this, like this. And then he gets to the playoff. So this, this is, this is Jamal Murray's trend. Uh, another slow Jamal Murray season. Uh, we're getting up there. Okay. Streaking, streaking, streaking. And then playoff goes. Yeah. It just yeah. takes off like the, you know, NASA. So, no, I think his numbers are going to get much better as the year goes on. Thank you for not comparing him to Elon. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, yeah no, I think I think. Anymore. Yeah, um, I think that Murray at this point, like it is always weird, especially his first like fifteen to twenty games or so are always weird, and and he has like some of the numbers that he's had like. He has been affected by he left with 10 minutes in a game like so far. And then he left with 22 minutes multiple times. So some of the numbers are a little bit depressed in those particular games. When he does play 30 minutes, I think it's way better. I could actually check those splits right now. Um, although that's probably not super important. But he uh, when he does play a significant number of minutes, it's generally better. Uh, okay, let me... Here we go. When Murray plays 30 plus minutes, he's at 19 points, 7.8 assists, but his true shooting percentage is actually 53%. 
uh, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. The the three point shooting is pretty good. Like it's forty three point six. Field goal percentage is thirty nine point two. Which if you if you can see that 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 I think shows a drastic effect to the two point percentage. Uh, but that is only a six game sample size, so we don't have to really get into that too much. But he's at six games where he's played twenty to twenty nine minutes. Six games where he's played thirty to thirty nine. These numbers will naturally start to go up as the season goes on because of that. But uh, we'll we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. Uh, number five, and we'll we'll finish with this one. Nikola Jokic is trooding. Oh God, Nikola Yo- Nikola Jokic's true shooting percentage. Good lord, uh, it is under sixty four percent for the first time since the twenty twenty or twenty nineteen twenty season. Two games at sixty one point one percent. Is that real or no? Not? It's not real. No, it's two games. Okay. It's two games. It's a it's a it's a sixty one right now. Yeah. It was at a sixty point two after the Houston game, so yeah. no, absolutely not. It was a sixty. It was a sixty four point five. Remember, it was a sixty nine when he was averaging twenty uh, twenty seven to start the year off. Then it dropped to a sixty four, and then two games it dropped to a sixty. So no, absolutely not. But you know what? It's uh people are you know getting their little laughs and all that stuff. No, no, that's just not no, absolutely not. No, it's not going to say that. Same. No. Now I will say. He does have a 26 game sample size, so I don't I don't want to just sit here and be like, okay, one game doesn't affect it that much. Now, nine of 32 is historically bad for him, and that probably is is going to affect the numbers for sure in that case. But uh, I'd still like to see him continue to uh, dominate in the efficiency columns. I, I think that that would definitely help. And it is one of the things that props up Denver's offense, and it's probably one of the reasons why they haven't been as potent of an offense this year, among other reasons. Like, Murray's not necessarily at his best right now. Jokic is 3 to 5% worse than he probably is last year at this time. And like, there are some other kind of extenuating circumstances within the rest of their offense that have limited them. So I do think that, he needs to get back to form. I think Murray needs to get back to form. And like if they do, then they're going to be just fine. But that's one of the defining factors of Denver, right? Is that they have the best two-man game in the league. They got the best two-man unit in the league. And if they don't have that, then kind of opens up the door for other teams to be successful. So <clears throat> since that Rockets game, um, so the Rockets and Clippers game, is the one that he kind of tanked on. So mm-hmm. since that game, Joker has a a sixty nine point four true shooting since that. Game. Okay, so back to normal. That's, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it was like a. I mean, legitimately, but it might have been like a fifty or a forty a forty eight true shooting. I think it was for those two games that he had. So no, oh, it go. wouldn't surprise me. Like if it was worse than that, because like. It was it was historically bad. Like that was that was like he was. They're comparing him to Joe Folks over at DNVR. <laughs> like it was uh, it was pretty funny. Um, no, he'll be fine. He'll be okay. Uh, real quick, we don't really have time for a, a third segment, so let's let's go over next week's schedule here, or actually tonight. Like tonight, Denver's playing Dallas. It's not even next week. It's it's this week. Uh, Monday versus Dallas. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, they go on a three game road trip at Toronto, at Brooklyn, and then back-to-back at Charlotte. Uh, you and I both predictly, uh, correctly predicted 3-1 and one last week. Uh, where do you see them this week? KCP's back tonight. 
If all starters so. are healthy, they're going 4-0. If they miss KCP or Jamal, uh, because they have a back-to-back Friday, Saturday, uh, we'll probably go 3-1 uh, if they're missing one of those. So I would say the one they most likely could lose, that Raptors game, just because it's a funky Toronto being in Toronto versus the Link. It'll be the game, I would say, 3-1. and one, But I would say they could go 4-0. Oh, everybody's healthy, but 3-1, and one, I think, is the, uh, probably the next possibility. Yeah. Uh, KCP questionable tonight. He should play. There's, I, I don't think that they make him questionable at this point if they uh, – because they had him out for the previous game. So I think he'll be back. Um, Aaron Gordon probable. Yeah, I think, uh, I think there are actually three dangerous games there. Dallas, at Toronto, and at Brooklyn. Brooklyn just because Brooklyn lost here and they're going to try to get their revenge and they'll probably play a little bit smarter, a little bit better this next time around against Denver. Um, Toronto, because they're just weird. And when they play, like when those two teams play, Toronto does a really good job of attacking the gaps and attacking the paint. So I'd be kind of shocked if that game wasn't close. Uh, but we'll see. We we will see with that one. Dallas tonight. I'm curious about like Luca has been unbelievable and he hasn't played great against Denver, but I still think he could certainly win the game by himself. Well, respect Peyton Watson defense on Luka Doncic uh, and Aaron Gordon. And again, that's, that's what I'm actually really excited for is that the features of this Nuggets team, KCP, Aaron Gordon, Peyton Watson, Christian Brown. I mean, they're almost, they're probably more dynamic defensively this year than they were last year. But I think their offense is what's going to take a little bit more time to figure out. But again, man, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. Like I said, it should be a really good week. They got Doncic. They got future possible warrior Pascal Siakam is what they're begging for right now. Uh, Mikael Bridges and the rest of that roster. And then they get to play Charlotte. And Charlotte, you know, good young talent. But that should not be a super close game. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. That's second night of a back-to-back, so you just never know. Um, tonight. Dallas has Derek Lively out, Maxi Kleba out, and Rashawn Holmes as questionable. Uh, their only other bigs are Markeith Morris and Dwight Powell. I yeah. If, if does Luca play tonight? Because he's not on. He's not injury destination, but they're yeah, already I mean, not he, without Kyrie. Yeah, he'll play and he'll get some numbers. But this is, I mean, actually, yeah, now that I see the injury report here, if Denver doesn't win this game, then I'd be pretty disappointed in them. Jokic should put up 30, 15, and 15 tonight. Like, that should be the baseline. Even how close the game is. I mean, <laughs> even then, like, he he should be putting Dwight Powell underneath the stanchion. Well, his, his shot just... profile has actually changed the last four games. He's actually shooting less than he, than he was. I think, I think mm-hmm. he's kind of reverted more to last year's format. Yeah. No, I, and, like, this should be the right time. Dwight Powell can't guard him. He just has to get into the middle of the floor. There should be a lot of confidence for for Joker. And that should be what Murray's trying to do. That should be what everybody's trying to do is set up Joker in the middle of the plant in the paints, and he will be just fine. So we will see what happens. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Oh man, healthy week for everybody. Let's hope. Healthy week for everybody would be great. Uh, Christmas is coming up, folks. I I don't know whether Swipe and I are going to record on 
Christmas Eve because the Denver has that game on Saturday, so it might not be the worst idea to oh, Christmas Eve. They play Saturday. They 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 play uh they play well they play uh Warriors on Christmas. They play that the Warriors night, on Christmas. The Ravens play the San Francisco 49ers Christmas as well. That's gonna be a great oh. oh man, that's my Christian McCaffrey uh MVP agenda. That's gonna be fantastic. I mean, if um, him and Lamar, him, Lamar, and Brock Purdy, all three of them. I love it. I love it. Lamar, uh, Lamar's great has been great for my fantasy team, despite my fantasy team sucking. So. Oh, by the way, he carried me to another victory. Second round of the playoffs coming up next weekend. And I'm advancing that matchup. Look, bro, two straight to get into the playoffs, win in the first round versus the highest scoring team in our league history. Let's get it. Debo Samuel, by the way. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll Weekends with Swipe Edition. Thank you so much for tuning in. The Swipe and I will probably be back on Sunday morning. I have to I have to imagine Christmas Eve. Uh, we'll we'll see whether they can actually, like, we can make that schedule work. But because of Christmas, schedules might be weird next week, so we'll, we'll let you know about that. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button down below. Really appreciate all the love and support. We'll talk to you guys very soon.